0: All right, Kurt, it's been a long week, but we've done a lot. I know. I'm extremely tired still. Me too. I feel like I'm running like halfway, but if it wasn't for that Yerba Mate, I'd have probably crashed already. Yeah,
1: Yerba Mate, great conversation starter.
0: So, the past week we've had Mid-America Conference. Mm-hmm. I would say it turned out to be better than expected. <laughs> yeah. If you were to tell me that we were going to have around 500 people at our podcast event, yeah, I would have never believed you, but...
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Shout out to Rick Green. He's been an awesome person throughout all of this. He even brought us a cake to celebrate our 4,000 downloads.
0: Right. Some of you may even have been blessed by that.
1: Yeah. The cake was good, actually. I it taste. very good.
0: So, Colton, what do we got today? Today, we have a special guest. We've got James Wilson all the way from Lexington Park, Maryland. He's a Billboard number one artist twice. Right. He's just a, he's a preacher, singer. Uh, Since we recorded this podcast, we had the pleasure of spending some time with him in Katy, Texas. Yeah. For Zion. You actually played on his live recording, didn't you? I did. And at the time, we didn't know that it was. (laughs) Yeah, I did not. At the time, we didn't know that that was going to happen. So it was really cool to to be a part of something special.
1: Yeah. I'm going to keep practicing.
0: Yeah, keep doing that. And, you know, I think it was being a podcast co host that ended up getting it done. (laughs) Got you over the line. Okay, cool. Without further ado, I'm Kurt. And I'm Colton. And this this is is the the combo. combo.
1: Let's get started. Welcome back. Joining us in studio today, all the way from where? Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> we need a city. Yeah. We, do you have a city? Lexington Park, Maryland. Lexington Park, Maryland. Sounds like a rich yeah,
2: neighborhood. Yeah, it's a rich
1: neighborhood. Yeah. Actually,
2: it's Hollywood. There's Ooh. a place called Hollywood, Maryland. Okay, we knew now. there
0: was something special yeah. about you, man. You know, we <laughs> preach against Hollywood at this That's church. That's right. Not Hollywood, Maryland. <laughs> but good. not Hollywood, Maryland. I don't, yeah. We'll have to double check. Maybe we can't go on with this, but I don't <laughs> know. All
1: the way from Lexington Park, Maryland, the one, the only, Mr. Billboard, Billboard himself, number one, James, James Wilson.
0: Come on, give him a hand. Yeah. What's up, y'all? It's good you. to have you here. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Let's jump right into it. Can you give us a little background, kind of your, uh, where are you from originally? Are you from Hollywood? (laughs) I am not from Hollywood. Uh, Originally from
2: uh, Loosdale, Mississippi, uh, but went to church in Pascagoula, Mississippi, which most people
1: uh, are familiar,
2: (laughs) familiar with Pascagoula because of a Ray Stevens song. Yeah. Ray Stevens, right. the the day the squirrel went to church. The, yeah, the day the squirrel went to church, <laughs> wow. and like, yeah, have you heard of
1: that? No. <laughs> Why?
2: <laughs> there's this it's a there's sleepy this, little town. I, I feel black. so lost. So Dude. there's there's this Ray Stevens song about this squirrel that gets loose in this church, like this really dead church. Yeah. And like, gets on this lady's leg, and she starts shouting, and then the whole church thinks she's like, you know, getting the Holy Ghost, <laughs> and they start having a revival. And the name of the town is Pascagoula, and it's an actual city because wow. I'm from there. And so. that's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that <Wow>. be it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, wow. Yeah, you got to hear the whole thing I, <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to go do my home. I should have done, listen to that yeah. before I got here. Yeah. Wow. Pascagoula, Mississippi. hmm Are there any major cities close? The, what would be the closest? Uh I mean it's Mississippi so it's not yeah. like major
2: cities but probably the closest city that people most people would know a lot of people would know is Biloxi,
0: Gulfport. Okay. Yeah. Oh well. Wow. Casinos. Of, I've been down there. I did not know that's where with that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mhm. So tell us about your family. So I have
2: um four sisters and no brothers. Wow. which uh that was really cool growing up like it really was. I I love my sisters. I wouldn't trade them for uh, for any brothers, uh, but four sisters, uh, no brothers, mom, dad, um, grew up really close to my grandparents, really close to them. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm thankful for my family. We had a really musical family, mm-hmm. so I know I may be kind of skipping ahead there, but uh, that's really kind of where I got my start. Music was just around my family. So your sister sing? Uh, yeah, but you know, what's funny. They they don't sing because they don't feel like they can sing like me. Uh-huh. But it's it's really interesting, man. Like with musical families, their bar is me. And mm-hmm. so if you ask them if they can sing, they're like, no, I can't sing. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. they can sing like me, but yeah. they're, they're actually really good right, singers. Right, right. But to them, they're like, no, I can't sing because I can't sing like James. Oh, wow. Do any but. of them write or make no, music? No. instruments? So I have one sister that I took piano lessons with when we were like, I was like 13 and she was like 11 and we did like classical lessons together, Mm -hmm. but she never stuck with it. So um, Heather, she played a little bit. She can still play some. Um, Lauren played bass a little bit when we were uh, teenagers, Uh, but kind of the same deal. Like they all are very musical. They can play stuff, Mm -hmm. but my dad's a pretty good organist and pianist. And so they're like, "Uh, if I can't play like him, like I can't really play, (laughs) but they
0: can play. They're all they're all pretty musical. So, so what was your introduction to music? Like, what instrument did you pick up first? And
2: so I picked up drums first. Uh, I was probably two or three, and like most church kids, that's like the thing you gravitate yeah, towards. Yeah. I feel like because it's the thing that makes the most noise. Uh, that's what I really think. Most that's church a common kids. theme here. Yeah.
1: To... Every almost every single person who's been on. Except Travis. Travis's yeah. first instrument was bongos. Bongos? bongos? Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> bongos. So you, all right, I'll just tell this. So obviously like at, at as it is at most of our churches, I would hope you're not on the platform unless you have the Holy Ghost. Right. And that goes for like little kids that want to get on the platform too. So I was like four or five and really wanted to be involved in music, but they would not let me get on the platform because I didn't have the Holy Ghost. Wow. You know, and so they they took bongos and set them on the side of the platform, and I could play bongos <laughs> on the platform. And so I guess I kind of started out playing bongos at church, and then uh, eventually started playing drums when I got the Holy Ghost, um, and then uh, piano, uh, and then from there, just you know, I'm not good at guitar like Colton or anything, but I like had to. Uh, I learned how to play guitar and bass and other instruments because I was writing songs and so I didn't have anyone to, you know, produce my stuff or make my stuff. So I learned how to, like, flood my way through guitar and stuff just to get basic stuff down.
1: But, yeah. There's yeah, like actually a video on. on YouTube of you playing the guitar very well and singing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, no, there isn't. Yeah, there is. It's new. Oh. <laughs>
0: love me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So <clears throat> no one's going to believe you. you know. <laughs> so besides just being a musician and being a writer, you have preached at our church before. Yeah. So are you an evangelist? Um can you tell us a little bit about that? When did you start preaching? When did you feel the uh, called to preach?
2: Yeah, man. So it's it's really interesting um because I grew up, uh, my start in ministry was music. And so um, I never wanted to be a preacher. That's not something I wanted to do. Uh, just simply because I I knew um, the life um, of sacrifice that would require. And I just didn't want to. I much, much rather at that time, just chill on a pew and play music and do that. But, uh, my pastor, brother Ramsey, um, he's passed away now going on to be with the Lord, but I was probably, um, 12 or 13 when he started, um, giving me an opportunity to speak in church because he recognized the hand of God on my life, even before I did, like I did not want it. And, um, you know, He would ask me to speak, but I did not want to because I wanted God to speak to me and tell me, this is what I've called you to do. And uh, I was probably 15 or 16 when, man, it just became just obvious to me that the call of God was on my life. And uh, um, so about 15 or 16, I started preaching um, and I'm just thankful, man, for for the opportunity to be able to to preach the word of God. It's a high honor. And, you know, it is something that has been a challenge in that when you're a singer and a musician and you preach as well, sometimes people like to put you in a box, Yeah, like either you're a singer and a musician and that's it, or you preach like you can't right. do both. And right. I remember growing up people saying that almost to me like, hey, man, you can't you can't preach and sing. And do but like not well. Like you got to pick one. You yeah. can't be good at both. And I remember like being a teenager, being perplexed because i'm like, dude, like I I know I'm called to preach. I know that like God has confirmed this. I'm supposed like I view myself as a preacher that sings, not a singer that happens to preach. Right. My pr- primary calling is to preach the word of God. And um, but I felt like I had to pick and um. I'm just grateful that I had a pastor that ultimately didn't make me pick. Um, he was always a little leery of music because he didn't want me to get carried away with music because he knew that I had a call to preach. But uh, he 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 was the first person to actually ask me to lead worship. Uh, and his thing was, hey, I want you to lead worship because when you lead worship, you're going to learn how to hear the voice of God and be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And that's going to help your preaching. And so the entire, um, reason for me to even start leading worship was not to become a great worship leader. It was just simply to hear the voice of God. And so it's just interesting, man, how, how everything has kind of developed and happened is everything in my life has happened so organically. It hasn't been forced. I, I didn't want to be a worship leader. I didn't never saw myself. I was just a drummer and a musician and, um, just had a pastor who knew that God called me to preach, knew that worship leading was the way that I could learn to follow the voice of God. And so uh, we started doing that. Um, but I'm grateful, man. And, and then ultimately, so that was kind of the first hurdle I had to face with being a preacher and a singer was just surrendering to that and realizing that I could do both. And then um, probably five years ago, uh, I was at the place to where I was singing at a lot of events and doing a lot, of, but I was not preaching on anything. I wasn't preaching at home. I wasn't doing. And so at that point I was feeling like, God, you've called me to preach. I'm not getting any opportunities right now. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You've called me to preach. There was just this burden and this, uh, desire to preach the word of God And I was having a conversation with Court Chavis, obviously, Kurt's good friend. I know Colton knows him as well. But I was having a conversation with Brother Court Chavis, and we're sitting there. And obviously, he's a preacher that sings. Mm -hmm. And so I was just getting his advice. I was like, hey, man, I know that I'm called to preach. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. But right now, all I'm doing is singing, and I'm frustrated. And to be honest with you, I want to quit singing. I want to lead another Worship service. I don't want to do another event. Um, until things start happening for me and my ministry to preach, I don't want to do anything. And I'll never forget it. He looked at me in the eye and he said, "Bro, that's the worst thing you'll ever do." He said, "The same doors right now that are opening for your singing ministry, and your worship leading, are the same doors that God is going to use to allow you to be able to preach and to be able to minister to people." Wow. He said, "You, you, you would be doing yourself a disservice if you did that." And um, that was like. Late 2016 and 2017 was kind of when the doors just kind of blew off my ministry. And that's was my first year doing Youth Congress. And then after that, you know, the Songs for the Church album came not too long after that. And so I'm just grateful to to Court Chavis, man, for having that conversation with me to let me know that you really don't have to pick and choose and that if God has called you to do something, he will provide
1: the way for you to do it. So. Yeah, well, that leads us to what really why we want to talk to you. You've basically had the best three year run that anybody (laughs) in the history of the world has had. (laughs) So like, tell us about it. You like, just run it down for us. I'll, I'll, for those who don't know, for the 1 million followers that you have, for anyone who's <laughs> listening here that might not be one of those 1 million, 2017, you did NAYC. Mm-hmm. Then you recorded an album. Then you did NAYC again. Yeah. And they sang all your songs at <laughs> NAYC. <laughs> okay. So that's basically the best three-year run. That's, and then and here we are in 2020. Yeah. So like, tell us about it. Tell all the people that don't know, like, describe it for us. Honestly, man, it's been it's been really
2: surreal and I can't I can't take any type of credit for it or any type of responsibility. It's been a complete God thing. Um, It's funny. And I always tell this story whenever I'm discussing kind of what's happened in my life in the last few years. Uh, 2000 into 2016, I hear through the grapevine that Aaron Curtis is doing the music for N.A.Y.C., I met Aaron like once, like really briefly. And he didn't even, we talked about it later. He didn't even remember us meeting that first time. And so the thought goes through my mind, um, man, I really need to try to find a way to reach out to Aaron, to like position myself (laughs) to be able to do Youth Congress in 2017. And that thought went through my brain for probably 10 seconds before God just spoke to me and just... You know, in a cl- very clear way, said James. You've never done this. Yeah. Every door that you've ever walked through, I've opened for you. You haven't tried to shake the right hands and hug the right necks. You, 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 necks. You haven't. You haven't done that. You. Any door that's open for you, it's been organic, with you just being you. And and so I said, you know what, God, you're right. I'm not. I'm not going to try to position myself. I'm just going to. If I get a call, I get a call. If I don't, I don't because I think, you know, people in the apostolic movement know that youth Congress is a huge, it's a huge platform. And when you, when you get to sing on that platform, it does give you visibility and to, you know, to some extent opens doors for you to be able to, um, you know, at least have a platform to be able to grow in your ministry. So, Anyways, not too long after that, I got a call from Aaron, Mm -hmm. and Aaron had heard from someone else that they should have me, and he asked someone else, and they said, hey, man, if you don't have anyone, have James. And so it was a cool learning moment for me in that season to um, realize that when when doors open uh, organically and they are of God, no man can shut them, and so— that's really what the story of the last three years has been. It's been God doors. I can't claim to know how I was able to do this or how this was able to be, but man, it's been it's been a cool run uh, to be able to uh, do the songs for the church album and it, it's, you know all the incredible, I guess, commercial success. And even more so than that, just the success of our churches being able to do it and rally yeah. behind it. like that's been the big thing for me more more so than the commercial success. It's the fact that apostolic young men, young women have rallied behind this and felt like they have something to be excited about. That's been great. And then to do Congress in you know 2019, again, it was it was incredible. I mean, I could talk about, there's so many nuances about that whole, the whole three years that we could talk about, but it, to sum it up, it's been incredible.
0: So we've talked about those few years. What do you have coming now? What's coming up next for you?
2: Um. So right now, man, we are working on a new project. Um. So the last project was called Songs for the Church, mm-hmm. and we're working on a new project now called Songs for the Nations. Wow. And so the basic idea behind, behind Songs for the Nations is, um, you know, in a world where nation is divided against nation, uh, there's a kingdom that is united by the worship of one God. And so this album is just a celebration of that. It's a celebration of diversity, the, the beautiful diversity that is the body of Christ um, and a celebration of the unity of all these different nations together uh in the body of Christ. In a world where people are divided, the one place, the one light where people are not divided, but people in fact are coming together is the body of Christ. Yeah. And so that's that's really the heart and the vision behind songs for the nations. And so we want the album to be eclectic. Um and by eclectic, uh, you know, we wanna, you know, have different styles of songs. So we want to have some Latin stuff on there. Uh, Kurt and I are working on a Caribbean tune that I think will probably be on there. And uh, just a bunch of different types of music that will hopefully reflect the, the diverse body of Christ. And obviously you can't do every single genre and every single style of song, but we want to as much as we can reflect uh, the body of Christ with this album. So we're excited about it. We got, we got the same crew returning, um, uh, same team as last time. Live project again, live project. Yep. And so we're excited about it, man, because last time we were doing this, we were, none of us really had played together before sung together before. Uh, You know, we had a couple of us like Andy and I think Andy Gideon, and Travis and Brandon, so that's you know that's a pretty good amount had played together. Sorry, only Andy get Andy, Travis, and Brandon had played together at Youth Congress, and everyone else was was brand new. So that was a a big deal just getting everyone together and trying to gel in that one week, which you guys have done recording, so you know all about that. Um, and then the singers never sung together before. So now we've, you know, we did the Songs for the Church project. We did a tour last year. And so we feel like we're a family now. And this project, I think, is going to be even easier from a recording standpoint. There's chemistry there. You know, as musicians, as singers, we all know how important just chemistry is. You cannot replicate uh the sound that comes from just playing together and singing together, so we're really excited about it because we have some tenure now, and uh we're
1: yeah, we're just excited, think it's gonna be great, so so you know, with that being said, like I feel like I would personally describe you as like a leader um among apostolics uh in many facets, so um. What would you say to that young man or young woman out there that's, you know, they're young, maybe not even necessarily young of age, but young in, in the ministry of what they're doing? What would you tell them, you know, when they're feeling discouraged, when they're feeling unsure of like how to get to that next step? Yeah. Um, what would you say to that person or that person that's battling with, um, you know, the that feeling of, am I good enough to do this? Like yeah. what, what would you say to that young
2: person? I would say if God has called you to do something and you feel like what you've been commissioned to do is a God thing, Mm -hmm. then God will um, equip you to do it. And you don't have to, and I alluded to this earlier, you don't have to shake the right hands. You don't have to meet the right people. You don't have to have the right last name or go to the right church. In order for that to happen, I'm a witness of that. Um, That doesn't mean that God doesn't bring people into your life that can help you. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you don't have to position yourself uh, in a place and in a way that all you're trying to gather from people is what they can do for you. Yeah, You know, Um, one thing that I really tried to do whenever I was kind of coming up, if I can say it that way, um, is I would ask questions and I would try to, in an organic way, get around people that could help me. And I would never ask for people to do stuff for me, but I would ask questions to help better me. And so the questions that I would ask would not be, hey man, what do I have to do to play at Youth Congress? Which I've gotten that question from kids <laughs> before. Hey man, what do I got to do to play at Youth Congress? Like, you know, what do I need to do? And that. Don't those, you?
0: Don't you have to get like a hundred likes on Instagram or something?
2: <laughs> yeah, you at least got to have a hundred yeah, likes, likes on Instagram. <laughs> like a
0: certain amount of followers. Yeah, yeah. no way you're
2: going to get a call if you don't have at least 2,000 followers yeah. and, you know, a hundred likes per video. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would, get that question, what do I have to do to, to play at Youth Congress? But I would never ask questions like that. I would always ask questions like, hey, what, what can I do to be a better songwriter? You know, because when you ask someone that that is that you admire, you look up to they're they're going to look at you and say, hey, that person's not trying to get anything from me to uh, help them climb the ladder. They're trying to really better themselves and they're going to respect you and honestly be more open to giving you an opportunity mm-hmm. to do something. So I would say to that person, you know, there's nothing wrong with meeting people, but you don't have to position yourself to try to climb some ladder. Um if God has called you to do something, he will prepare the way. He will equip you to to do whatever you you've been called to do. And I'm a perfect example of that. I come from a little small town in Mississippi. My parents don't have some big last name. I'm not a preacher's kid. I come from a church of uh probably 90 people growing up, you know. Um in in my home district of Mississippi, I was overlooked at camp meetings and camps and district events. You know, I, I remember being a teenager and uh just thinking, like, man, I can sing. Like, I can do that. You know, and you have these kids up there that were doing it, and I would think, man, I like I think I could do that just as good as them, you know. <laughs> but I never got opportunities. I was overlooked until I was 19. Um, and I'm 29 now, so. You know, for the past 10 years, um, I've been experiencing just kind of a steady climb, I guess you could say. But for the first 19 years of my life, it was a lot of preparation. And so um, what I did, you know, throughout my teenage years at about 12 was kind of when the switch was kind of flipped for me. Um, I started really getting serious about songwriting, and at 12— um, I started um, just trying to put together songs. And my dad showed me, Kurt, you probably remember these, uh, the Yamaha EX-5s. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the the Yamaha EX-5 is what we had at the time. And my dad showed me how to use a sequencer on it. So I literally would use that sequencer, make little tracks on there, and then record it onto, uh, man, what was that uh, program on the PC? where you could record sound. Was it just called like sound recorder or something like that? You know what I'm
0: talking, yeah, about? I'm talking about?
2: It's like, it was very generic, like sound recorder. So I would record my vocals on sound recorder and then like try to mix them on sound recorder, like holding my little computer mic up to like the amplifier to get mm-hmm. the sound from the track. And then that was like how I first like started <laughs> making music. But I just got, I was just really hungry to learn and, and be, and I didn't have anyone. My dad didn't know anything. He was a musician, but he didn't know anything about songwriting or production or anything like that. So I was just hungry, man. And so I tried to absorb as much information, learn as much as I could on my own. And really from 12 to 19, it was just a bunch of grinding on my own. And then about 19, doors started opening for me and I started meeting people that started helping me. Um, but it was a lot of just learning, growing, just being hungry to be better on my own. And so if I can do that, um, with no last name and, um, no, uh, church, that had a name or any of these things. Um, I think anyone out there who has a genuine desire to grow and learn and be better can do exactly what I did. So um, I would just say, just work at it, grow, grow yourself. And uh, the Bible talks about this, right? Your gift will make room for you, for you. And uh, when you invest and sow into your gift, when you invest and you sow into your ministry Um, the doors will find you. And I think any musician out there that is, um, experienced success can attest to that. You know, when you put in the work on your own, things just kind of start happening. You don't even know how they happen, but things just start kind of happening for you. So,
0: so we've talked about success a little bit. Um, billboard.com says, wait on the Lord. Peaked at number one on March 1st, 2019. Number
1: one, that's as high as you can go, that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. Um, and then it shows Give Me Jesus. Yeah. Peaked at number one on August 9th, 2019. What? I mean, to me, this looks like success, but <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just kind of from the outside in. Looking <laughs> in can you tell us what success means to you? Uh, what's your end goal? Yeah, I think for me,
2: success is number one. Uh, the body of Christ being ministered to. Um, whenever I am evaluating whether or not an album is successful for me as a worship leader, my number one question is: Can can people use this in church? Is this ministering to pe- the local church? I'm a local church guy. That's that's how I got my start. That is. That's where my heart is at. And so can the local church use this? Are people going to be ministered to by this? And then number two, um, I guess a kind of a second uh, tier for success for me is um, are people and in, in specifically within the apostolic movement inspired by this to the place to the point that they feel like they can accomplish what. I've been able to accomplish without compromising who they are. Um, and that is success for me. Not money, not fame, not notoriety. And I'm I'm thankful for all of the commercial success. And I think that's what, you know, you were talking about with the billboard. That's commercial success. And all that stuff is really cool. It's awesome. Um, I would be lying to you if I didn't say, you know, I wouldn't like to have that commercial success even in the in the future if, you know, Grammys or whatever aren't down the road. Like, I I would love to have that. But at the end of the day, if I never win a Grammy, if I never get rich, if I never get famous, if I never have any of those things and people are ministered to and, you know, apostolic music is um, inspired and encouraged to feel like, you know, apostolic young people feel like, hey, I can do this. I can make excellent music and not compromise who I am. Uh, if I do those two things and I think that I've I've been
1: successful. All right, James. So we never told you about this part, but we have a segment on this show called the rapid fire. OK, we're going to yeah. ask you a question. OK, you got to answer as quick as you can. <laughs> we will let you know that you can pass. OK, okay. all we right. Don't tell everybody that part, but you can pass <laughs> if a question comes up. That you do not.
2: So am I going to be like saying pass a lot? Because that's what I feel like. Uh, I feel
1: like you guys are going to ask me. The listeners don't want questions. The listeners don't want you to pass. pass. Okay, I will just put this out. Put that out there. Go ahead.
0: All right. What is your favorite song of all time? Ooh, man, that is tough.
2: That's four. uh, (laughs) This this stumped me.
0: I don't know, man. Oh, man. Come on. People want to know. The people want to know. We talked a little bit earlier about your favorite album. May it, my, may it have been off that?
2: No, it's not off
0: of that. Uh, okay.
2: I'll just, I don't know.
0: I mean, we won't hold you to it forever. Yeah. We know this changes. Daily. This changes literally
2: so much. Uh, I'm just going to say, can I say my favorite song right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. My favorite song right now. I don't even think I even know that. Psalm 42 by Tori Kelly. I really like that song. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Favorite apostolic artist not named James Wilson. Court Chavis.
0: Ooh, nice. Well, good answer. Well, favorite church to sing at five, four, three,
2: three.
0: FPC North Little <laughs> <Rock>. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to
0: you by <laughs> Favorite preacher. Go. <laughs> five. Scott four, Graham. Five, Okay. Wow, you knew that one. All right. Favorite song you've ever written? Wait on the Lord. Why? Because it was number one on Billboard. Impact. Because of the impact. It's a good song. That was yeah. a good song. I think. Because of the impact. That was. That Can you tell us about when you wrote that?
2: Yeah. Um, so I wrote it. Uh, ooh, probably three or four years ago. Um, was going through a season of life that was. Uh, difficult and just one of those seasons that probably everyone can identify with where you feel really obscure, like nothing is happening, Mm -hmm. nothing is going for you. It's kind of around the same time I talked with Brother Chavis, maybe a year or two before then, but, um, and God just kind of spoke to me and said, James, I'm not, I'm not going to make everything better. And a lot of times you want to hear from God, hey, everything is going to get better my my family's going to get better. My situation, my job is going to get better. But I didn't have any of that. God just simply spoke to me and said, wait on me. And then obviously we know the scripture. They that wait, up, wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, a lot of times God doesn't change our situation, but he will change us. When you wait on God, you don't have a promise that everything is going to get better, but you do have a promise that you'll get better because he's going to give you strength. And so that was that was my anthem was that scripture. And so um, I at the time said, you know, I need to I need to put this to to music because this is this is the only thing that's keeping me afloat right now. So long story short, I put it to music and it, you know, wait on the Lord. Came out of it. And I never thought, honestly, I never thought that it would, I would send it to anyone. I literally, it was my prayer song for like a, probably a year or two years before anyone ever heard it. Then Kevin Howard uh, asked me if I had any songs one day for a conference that he was doing, like a music conference. And they were trying to debut original songs. And he um, asked if I had any, so I sent him that one. And uh, he was like, bro, like, this is amazing. You know, what what are you doing with this song? And the rest is kind
0: of history. So Uh, so funny story about that song. Um, We did it one service and (laughs) we did it during praise and worship. (laughs) And pastor preached the message. And it just so happened that wait on the Lord was like perfect for altar call. Yeah. So we go into it and we had used the stems during praise and worship and Kurt had taken out all the other instruments, you know, besides what we had. So we're at altar call It gets to a quiet spot Um, You know (laughs) Pastor's got us playing softly Um, And then uh, Bishop Holmes Is just kind of talking To the uh, crowd Everybody's gathered up front and their music is super low. Oh, I think I know what's about. <laughs> All that. of a sudden out of nowhere, here comes uh, Andy Ferguson's guitar solo, solo I knew at it. like one hundred to the uh, system and Bishop Holmes Bishop Holmes turns around and looks at me and I like got my hands up, like, <laughs> look, it's not me playing that is and so the whole funny. church is staring at me. And, yeah. I, and I, I was, had no
1: idea what was going on. Yeah, because it, his, was like his guitar distracted. solo was like track 105. It was yeah. like way down. Yeah, and her yeah. was just it. sitting
0: there, you know, still just playing some talk music, and then like, oh know, no, Andy killed that. Yeah, guitar he did soul, kill that solo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which I, you know, I guess if people were gonna think <laughs> it you, like that's pretty cool, but yeah, me. but it was still embarrassing. the yeah. Pastor was trying to talk. People were crying down front. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. All right, James. Well, we want to
1: thank you for being a guest. You know, don't judge us too hard. We just started being podcasters. No, nah, this is fun, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, actually, we have one more question: Are you married? I am not married. All right, but but no, no, no. You don't have to say anything. Else. Do not say anything else. We <laughs> don't want to lose any followers. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we, we want to keep our listeners. Yeah, we don't.
1: Don't say anything else. He's not married, ladies. Follow I us. Am not married. Follow
0: us at the Combo at the Combo KNC. <laughs> Yeah, thanks again for joining us. It was fun. Absolutely, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thanks so much for checking out today's episode. Uh, it was brought to you by Orange Clothiers. That's O-R-N-J. Uh, look them up on Instagram, orange underscore ears. I've got a couple suits on the way. I heard that. Um, tell Chad to uh, remember there's two of us here. That's right. We'll, we'll have him reach out, but he's going to have me looking fresh. He's doing Austin suit for his wedding and, you know, I got to look better than Austin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's tough. Today's episode was engineered by Preston Scott. The artwork was done by
1: JNH2. Theme music was written and recorded by Kurt Kanhai and Colton Duty. Mixed and mastered by Tim Hibbert.
0: Yeah. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. If this is your first time to listen, maybe Church Milk sent you here. <laughs> However you got here, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Uh, Kurt and I love going through those and reading through. And check Instagram. We had a lot of um, positive feedback from our event. 34,000 impressions this past week. Wow. If
1: you um, go check out Daniel Bernard on YouTube, he has a few subscribers and he did an awesome vlog talking about the whole weekend. So you can check that out.
0: Yeah. So, and thanks to everyone that came out to our event Friday night. It was a huge success. And um, until the next one. Yeah. Also, by the way, anyone who's asking,
1: we're going to have information how you can order a hoodie, a hat. We even have some mugs on the way.
0: Right. Yeah. And we're we're going to get some masks for you too. Well, that's a wrap, man. Thanks so much for joining us today.